The following is a pre recorded program. 906 News Radio 680 WPTF. It is Wednesday night. It is March the 20th. My name is Tom Kearney, and I'm here every night, Monday through Friday, with a program that we hope edifies and entertains. Uh, we try to bring you particularly things, but not, not exclusively, that have to do with our part of the world, and that is, let's say, North Carolina and the Triangle and the South and those kinds of things. And tonight, you are the guest, so uh, uh, make sure your radio is so you can hear it. And if you're in an automobile, be, be careful. Don't, uh, don't uh, lose contact with reality and uh, run off the road or anything. We need to keep all of our listeners. Uh, four or five years ago, we started doing... Uh, some programs. There's so much push to go forward into the future, and we're always having new products and new things announced and new ways of doing things. And I'll have to admit to waxing nostalgic fairly often. And uh, the other day I was sitting in uh, my favorite chair and my eyes were closed, and I was thinking about drinking milk. <clears throat> and I talked to Mrs. Kearney about this. She's from uh, this part of the world, too, and sometimes we can compare notes, and sometimes we can't. But um, what I was thinking about was drinking milk and the fact that uh, not very far from where I lived, at the edge of Goldsboro, North Carolina, in Wayne County, there was a dairy at that time, a small dairy. Uh, I think it was run by a man named Burns, if I remember correctly, and it had um, milk uh, that was pasteurized because all milk by this time had to be pasteurized. This would have been in the late 40s, early 50s. Uh, but it was not homogenized, and that meant that you could you had that gathering of the cream at the top because, of course, what homogenization does is breaks up uh, the fatty materials in the cream and mixes them in with the milk. And it was always good to get a uh, some of that milk in a bottle and... Uh, cheat and skim off a little bit of the cream. But when I went to school, and what I want you to do, listen to this as I do it, because the reason I'm doing this is to, to get you to try to remember what your situation was. Do you remember that? Now, we had, uh, we had dairies who homogenized milk. Uh, there was something called the Wayne Dairy, and somewhere in there they would develop something that was really popular. Uh, and there were other dairies. Uh, Mayola, I think, was a dairy that did, did distributed milk in my hometown, and it was common in eastern North Carolina. And you eastern North Carolinians, you card-carrying uh, eastern North Carolinians, and that's most of the folks east of I-95, but some folks west of I-95, up, up until, well, Tony Rigsby, my colleague that you hear here on WPTF and who who has been here uh, uh, he left for a while, but he came back, but he's been here a long time. We used to have a discussion about where eastern North Carolina began. Now, Tony's from Durham, and I maintain that Durham is in uh, the—between uh, Raleigh and Durham is where it begins, is what I—and we, we kicked the ball around, and we uh, we uh, drew the line several different places, and uh, but we, we definitely had Garner in eastern North Carolina, and uh, certainly— Raleigh may may have been, but anyway, uh, think about that. Uh, uh, do you remember where your where your milk came from, and, and uh, how it was packaged? One of the reasons, and, and if you, any of you remember any of this stuff I'm talking about, having milk in glass bottles, if you're old enough to do that, 
and I don't know when the, it was it was changed over, but I remember by the time I got to middle school, they were selling milk or the milk you got with your lunch or wherever came in those uh, essentially paper with wax on them, waxed paper, uh, to uh, b- b- rather like what you get now. Uh, but the way you uh, you got the milk out is there was a tab on the side of it. Now where you would um, where the tab was today, you would have a, a plastic. Uh, uh, insert and uh, a, li- uh, a lid, a cap that you could screw off. And I know Mrs. Kearney has some half and halves that she uses for some purpose that one deals with it in that way. But there was a tab that you pulled up, and that's where you stuck your straw in to drink your milk. And then later, not too long after that, they developed this system where uh, you would pull the, the, the top uh, aside and, and create a, a a pouring spout on one end of it. John, do you remember that? Did they have those things? One of the things I can always, I, I can't even see him. He's hiding somewhere in there. I guess he's working on the telephone now. But uh, one, of the, one of the things that happened was that they, they the representatives of the dairy sent uh, people to our school. I, I don't know what they thought about us, but they taught us how to open these, these containers of milk that had the spout on the side. And, and that's the way... Uh, a lot of uh, the products are going even now. This is some many years later. Uh, I know the orange juice that uh, that comes to our house comes in a container like that. But what do you remember about that, and when did you start uh, utilizing those kind of things? And do you remember the milk that came with the cream at the top? And I, I had a paper out when I was in junior high and going over into high school. I would have probably been about 14 or 15, and I would go out in the morning, and uh, the, the the dairy, what I had called the Wayne Dairy earlier, was called um, Coble Dairy. It had been purchased by—Wayne Dairy was a local dairy, and Coble was a, a dairy that had uh, operations throughout the state of North Carolina, had purchased it. And then the, there was a guy who delivered—this uh, is what really gave me the, the uh, desire to want to do something like this. For, and we're not going to spend the whole program talking about milk, but we, we need to talk a little bit about it at the beginning because that's where my mind was roaming. And uh, I would give him a newspaper, and he would give me a small carton of milk, so, uh, sometimes chocolate and sometimes not chocolate. But, but we, we made a deal there, but— uh, uh, and since I've been living where I live now, and that's about 40-some years, there was a, a, a milk company in Raleigh that no longer is in Raleigh, but it uh, it delivered the milk uh, uh, to uh, on the front, front doorstep so that if you uh, uh, wanted uh, two quarts of uh, regular milk or some skim milk or some cream or whatever, buttermilk, you could put a note in your bottle and and the person would, would bring that to you. Sometimes we see this on British television shows. Uh, I uh, uh, used to watch a show called Keeping Up Appearances, and that's the one with Hyacinth and Richard. Or Richard, the actor that played Richard, by the way, died recently. But he was much put upon by Hyacinth, and if any of you uh, ever watched that show, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to plant our, our caller list here tonight, and uh, talk to Steve for just a couple of minutes here before we take our break. Steve, what's on your mind tonight? Well, Tom, uh, my family, in fact, we were the Blair Dairy, and which became Coble Dairy in High Point, North Carolina. Okay. And um, I can still remember I was a little bitty boy when I started milking cows, and we 
we were still doing it. Uh, I did it by hand. I'm not kidding you. And and uh, my mom always kidded me. She would never let me live this down. The first time I did it, I said, where are my gloves? <laughs> <laughs> and she thought that was so funny. She said, you don't get no gloves, son. You know, you just go on and do it. And then, of course, we had machinery uh, after the fact. But we actually used to deliver to the back door. We would take, uh, and I actually still have, um, uh, glass bottles. There's a a dairy uh, over in Pittsburgh, Maple Farms, and they still uh, sell in glass bottles. And we used to uh, deliver in glass bottles. We would take eggs, milk. Uh, I, I'm trying to think all the different things we would take. And what on the well, what you would take was what? There used to be a store on on uh, P Street in Raleigh, down near Broaden High School. And it was in the. It was a, a small little store. It was really just a stand. But you could drive up and say, "I'd like a quarter of milk," and a guy would step out and hand it to you and take your money. You know, yes, he would. Yeah, and it, it looked, and it was shaped like a cow or something. It was just, it was a very unusual store, and I, I, I didn't go there very often, but it was close to where I lived. So sometimes you you run out of milk and you wonder what you're going to do with your cereal the next day. And uh, but uh, there were. And, of course, when the storms are coming, the two things people buy, I'm not totally sure why, are milk and bread. I have never really figured that out. <laughs> uh, but as long as I've got water, I'm okay. Well, I, that that's true. Uh, I just I remember when I, I'm trying to think now because you were in High Point. I, when I went to Winston-Salem, I think the milk that they used at Wake Forest when I went as a freshman there in 1961 was Biltmore Dairies, uh, which is it, kind of a lot far away, but they, they had a wide distribution, I think. Yes, it, it was, in fact, and I, I actually went to school as well in Winston-Salem about the same time over at uh, Bishop McGinnis, mm-hmm. the, the uh, Catholic. You were a good Catholic boy like uh, my, yeah, my yeah. producer here, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and but... We did. We would uh, we'd get up in the morning, um, and I, to this day, wake up at 5 a.m. Uh, with no alarm clock, nothing, because uh, Mama would grab you by, by the ankle and, and pull you out of the bed. Well, let me ask you one thing, and then we do need to go. I have to be careful here. Um, I had an uncle who was a dairyman at Cherry Hospital, uh, and in fact, there were two or three members of my family who worked there at one time or another, but my uncle worked there, and he started working like when he was a teenager, I think, but he used to come to our house and visit, and uh, my father was his brother. Um, He'd always go to sleep because he had to get up at like 2 a.m. and milk the cows. Well, I thought that there was something seasonal about that, but I have read and heard since then that you can you can do cows any way you want to. You just have to have the same number of hours between the milkings. Exactly. I mean, you could you could milk them at six a.m. and six p.m. For instance, and uh, uh, right, yeah, that is true, Tom. Okay, okay. well, I'm, thank you. I'm glad I have got a true dairyman. And I was told <laughs> by a guy from state, a, a animal husbandry professor, once that that herd that was, you know, our state hospitals, the the, the hospital like Dix Hill and Cherry and Broughton and up in the mountains. Raised a lot of their food and and the, and kept a dairy herd because they it was a way of of saving money and giving right. some of the people who were incarcerated there 
uh, something to do. But I, the husbandry man from state said that that herd was a very good herd, and he taught me something because the way they measure the efficiency of the milk or how good it is is by butterfat co- content, I believe. You know, most folks, you know, most folks always had a cow and some chickens. Well, it, and, and until they had good refrigeration, you had exactly. a cow because that's the only way you could be sure of having fresh milk. And exactly. you remember the ice box. Oh yes. I, I, now we had a a uh, even though we didn't have we had a pump on the back porch, for instance, no indoor plumbing, but we had a calvinator, and that uh, I thought that was you know what that is. That's a I do. That's like a frigidaire. It's a brand name, but uh, I never knew what a frigidaire was. I always thought uh, my grandma was saying frigid air. <laughs> well, I my never realized that was an actual brand name. Well, my aunt always, who always lorded it over us that she lived in the big city of Norfolk, uh, she she always called it the fridge, and I finally, and but the frigidaire was made by, if I remember, by by a company that was a subsidiary of General Motors, and uh, but in any event, uh, uh, the uh, people who lived a block away from us who were African American persons, and they weren't the only ones, but they had an ice box. And I can remember being on Ellum Street in Goldsboro, and the uh, the man who drove a wagon with ice on it around and delivered it to. Yep. There were so many people, and he had a little metal thing on the back of it that he would bang on that that, that, that made you know the Ice Man was coming. Mm-hmm. I guess Eugene O'Neill, the playwright, you know, he wrote a play, The Ice Man Cometh. We're gonna have to find out what the connection is. Steve, thank you for getting us off to a good start tonight. All right, have a good evening. Take care, Steve, a dairyman testifies that something I learned is in fact right. I learned something tonight. We're talking about nostalgia, and we can continue down this lane of talking about milk and things like that that you remember getting delivered. I, I my, That aunt that I mentioned used to come and, and talk to us in Goldsboro uh, about the things we didn't have. Now, of course, she had grown up there, but, but she was in, from the big city, and they had, John, they had something mysterious that eventually we got. It was called pizza. Eventually. We'll talk about that and some other things. Little Debbie's here and Neil, uh, from who's in Winders Grove, Georgia, I believe. And we'll talk to them when we come back. That's right, John. John Sauter, our producer, says, here we go, Tom. And indeed we do. We're being nostalgic tonight. I was sitting there the other day letting my mind wander, and I started thinking about milk. This is the danger of letting your mind wander and thinking about uh the, the dairy, that it went out of business not very long, I, I, I suppose by the time I was in early grade school. But uh, uh, the son of the dairyman was one of my playmates. And, uh, but the, the, the cows gave the milk and they pasteurized it, which they had to do, but they didn't homogenize it, so we had the cream at the top. Um, little Debbie, do you remember that kind of stuff, or are you too young? <laughs> I know you're a spring chicken. <laughs> I'm, I'm just whatever, but I remember. I, I didn't mean to, to insult you. Now I, I apologize. No, 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 no. I'm just. I don't care about that stuff. No, um, I remember Long Meadow because to me the milk was creamier than any of the like Pine State or any of the other brands. Mm-hmm. So Long Meadow was my favorite milk. Did you ever go to a Long Meadow dairy bar? I uh, went to the Long Meadow Drive-In because they had the best milkshakes around on Glenwood uh-huh. Avenue. Glenwood Avenue, okay. There was one on Glenwood Avenue, uh, sort of near Glenwood Village, but it was not in Glenwood Village. Uh, there was, it was, 
it was inside the Beltline. Uh, I don't even think the Beltline existed, but I can remember when when I was in high school, the the basketball team from Goldsboro would come up and play Broaden, and after the game, sometimes we would we would uh, uh, inveigle the driver into taking us to someplace like the Piggy Park, or you know, before he took us back to Goldsboro, because we didn't get to the big city very often, and so. And, uh, and I, this may be, the, I think this is the same place. And, you know, I called the drive, and it really wasn't. It was a sit-down restaurant. It was kind of like a diner, as if I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, but um, it really, it wasn't, you know, a drive-in, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they did. They had the best milkshakes around, and um, the best milk to me. I've always been a milk baby anyway. And uh, about the glass bottles, well, I got one. I have it in, in my sun porch window. It's a pint glass bottle. And milk bottle from Whole Foods. I got it several years ago, mm-hmm. and I just love it. it. Cream came in it or half and half. I don't remember which. Well, there are Steve or somebody, an earlier caller, mentioned that there's a place that uh, – the kind of places that sell uh, the kind of merchandise, uh, and I'm for it, uh, that Whole Foods has, and uh, organic foods and so on. I think I'm on the right track here. Uh, are more likely to have glass bottles. There are people who are convinced that you know the the plastic plasticized things affect the the flavor in the yes, uh, that's milk. What they say right, exactly. And so I, I don't know because now I just only drink 100 percent grass fed organic valley. That's all I drink. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, but it tastes. Oh, it's so. Oh, the flavor is divine. Is it milk now, or is it a milk substitute? No, gosh, no. It's 100 percent grass fed whole milk. Okay. An organic Valley brand. And is it a is it a North Carolina product or no? It's okay. a uh, Organic Valley's co-op, okay. and it's it's all about how they raise their animals. It's just very humane, right? Um, and uh, don't cut off cows' tails, things like that. And they're pasture raised, and they don't use um, the antibiotics. No GMOs. And no GMOs. None right. of that junk. Right. So I just, that's all I've drunk for several years. And, um, well, the 100% grass-fed came around, I don't know, two, about three years ago. And that's all my cattle drink. She will not drink anything but the 100% grass-fed whole milk. <laughs> well, that that sounds, I, I, I'm curious, uh, I, curious, not curious. Curious means you're interested in stuff. Curious means you're weird, you know. Uh, I, I used to have, uh, when I... The first year I taught, taught when I got out of college, I taught at Hargrave Military School in Virginia, and I lived in a house, a rooming house, and the lady there said uh, she wasn't curious. Well, she was. You know, that means she was unusual. And uh, uh, But uh, I don't know why I got off on things that were curious, but uh, uh, I don't. I'm kind of curious. I don't drink very much milk at all now, and what I drink is skim milk. I don't drink. I eat oatmeal every morning, and I don't put any any milk on it. I just. Uh, uh, well, I love it, but I wanted to to tell you with a glass bottle. What made that unique was because it was just a pint. Mm-hmm. You don't see any pint, just pint size milk bottles anymore. They're always quarts or half gallon. Well, the pint was what we got at in, in at Edgewood Elementary School in Goldsboro when I started started going there, and it had a, a, a paper tab on the top that you pulled off, and they took the bottles back and of course washed them and gave them back to the dairy, and I'm sure that uh, that went away because of our throwaway culture. You know, nobody wants to take stuff back and reuse it now, and they would just want to 
recycle it or, or throw it away or something. Debbie, we're going to have to go. <laughs> but I, I think I must have bought that bottle because, you know, or else, you know, it was a trade-in thing, and I mm-hmm. just didn't trade it in, and so I kept the bottle. Okay, the news person is coming. Okay, bye. Think, okay, thank you. That's Little Debbie. Uh, that's because she likes Little Debbie snack cakes, and she's one of our radio family. We'll be back after the news. The following is a pre recorded program. 933 at News Radio 680 WPTF. I meant to tell you earlier, Tom Carney here, by the way, we're being nostalgic tonight, um, that uh, North Dakota State in the play in game for the team to play Duke uh, on uh, Sunday night in the opening of the NCAA tournament. The, uh, right, I said, right, John. This is why John's a good producer. I said the wrong day. It's Friday night that they're going to play. Um, North Dakota State defeated uh, North NC Central 78-74, uh, to 74, I believe. And uh, um, so it will not be an all-Durham game in, in the beginning. Uh, of course, what we've got is a couple of well, we've got four playdown games. We've got eight teams in four places in the in the lineup, and they're playing to see who got those places. And so North Dakota State got the place opposite Duke now. Uh, they, they'll just have to think about that. Uh, but in any event, uh, Duke and Carolina are both playing Friday night, and we're talking about things nostalgic. I know that uh, Neil is it Neil? Did I get it right? Uh, knows what we're talking about because he's been on the line for a while. What's on your mind tonight, Neil? You've l- we heard our discussion about milk and stuff. Is that what you the occasion of your call? Right. My my early milk experience. I grew up in the late 40, late thirties, forties, early fifties in Johnston County. Lived on a farm and we milked the cow and had our own milk and butter and so forth. But after I got married in the fifties in Raleigh, we used to get milk delivered in bottles by Pine State. Mm-hmm. Right now, did you? I, a little David said, I, I remember Long Meadow. And right. also, you, earlier you mentioned Mayola. They were headquartered in Newburn. Okay, that's right. Mayola. Now, you, I think you told me you were from some over, somewhere near Shotwell or someplace like that, weren't you? No, I was in the big city, North Carolina's newest town, Archer Lodge. Well, that's near Shotwell, isn't it? Well, it's not too far. Yeah, okay. It's, it's between Clayton. It's between Clayton and Wendell. Right. I, I sort of have an idea where it was because I uh, there's uh, there was a guy named Sam Naron who was a baseball player and he was on. Right, the, I remember him. Yeah, he was on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I'm a Pirates fan. And uh, some of his uh, relations, I don't know exactly what, have continued to play baseball and have you know been in the major leagues and. One of them went to Goldsboro and played for the Goldsboro team. He kind of got recruited, I think, over there. But anyway, I remember that. But uh, how did you make your butter? Did you have a manual thing? or did my, I had an well, aunt who had, had a, a... A churn, and sometimes my mom would let me churn, but I didn't like it going to play, and I'd make it spider out, and she'd make me quit. But we churned it, and she had a mold and made pretty cakes of butter. In fact, she was known people would uh, come by and buy Mm-hmm. butter that she had. Right. My, my my daddy's cousin did that, but she had a little tiny, uh, well, it was a, like a gallon jar or something, and a little motorized churn that would churn out about, a, you know, a gallon's worth of milk into butter at one time. And yeah, but, I guess what my mom had was a big stone churn that had a like a dasher of wooden right. down that you uh, pumped up and down and what have you. Now, I've got to ask you this, and don't take me wrong, but did you have electricity at your house? 
I can remember when we first got electricity. Okay, well, that's a natural. I always tell people we had running water. We'd run out to well and drop a bucket of water. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that they they didn't know at the beginning, and uh, a guy at State got the idea to push this, was that they could use, see, in the beginning, they mostly used electricity for, for lights. In fact, the, the bill was called the light bill. That's and, right. And uh, when it came— very well when we first got electricity, and I've got up lessons uh, a lot of times by kerosene light. Right, right. Well, I remember— Born in the mid-30s. Well, it, it came to rural areas of Wayne County around 1950, uh, and that was probably when you got it, too, because the REA did it, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, but anyway, well, how are things in Georgia tonight? And then we must go. It's fine. It's been a beautiful week, sunny, pretty sunny days, uh, Temperature in the low 30s in the morning and up in the 60s today, but we had to celebrate to no rain and no rain. And like I said, I'm in Winder, Georgia. We're about 40 miles north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Sometime, not tonight, we don't have time, but we're going to talk about how you got down there and why you're there. But uh, we'll, we'll. Okay, that's be a good story to talk about. All right, we'll, we'll settle that issue another night. We will stretch you out hey, and make thank you. I'm talking to you, Tom. Thank Good you, night. Neil. Appreciate it. A uh, member of our, our radio family who is in North Georgia, our signal. Of course, WPTF has the maximum power allowed for an AM station at night, and our signal is directionalized somewhat to the south. So we're not surprised that somebody in Georgia picks us up. Pat in Durham is just about 25 miles the other way, and she's going to tell me that Durham is in eastern North Carolina. No, no. Uh, Pat, what's on your mind tonight? Well, you were talking about milk. Yes. I was not raised on a farm, but we did have a cow. But I can remember one year when, for some reason, we didn't have a cow. And we were having to get milk from the dairy. And there was a guy that came around, they, oh, I guess two or three times a week, bringing the containers of milk. They were in cardboard cartons by that time. They didn't have the bottles. We had had bottles. When I was little, but anyway. Now, where where are we now? Are we in Durham? Uh huh. Okay. I and go ahead. I'm we sorry. Come to the door. Uh, knock on the door to leave the milk. Mother go to the door, and she caught him, just really paying close attention to her flowers outside the back door. Mother had some hibiscus, not bushes, but the plants that grow tall, and the leaves on them are five-fingered. And he just, when he would come, he would just look at those plants, and he'd just kind of shake his head and leave. Well, we had no clue what was wrong with the man, why he was so interested in those hibiscus plants. Until the next month, when the Farm Journal came, and there on the cover of the Farm Journal were pictures that looked just like Mother's hibiscus plants, uh, but they were marijuana plants. Ooh. So he Ooh. thought Mother was growing her own marijuana garden, I guess. And when the things finally bloomed out and had those great big red blossoms on them, he looked at it and he says, what kind of plants are these? <laughs> I'm sure he felt a little more, maybe a little more comfortable then. <laughs> he wasn't... Uh... But uh, in, in those days, that was probably very unusual. Who knows what you might find these days, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, uh, okay. right. Pat, that's but, uh, a good story. I've, I've always enjoyed the fact that that man was so enthralled with that those hibiscus plants. 
Now, what dairy did he come from? And then I'll let you go. It was Long Meadow. Long Meadow. Uh-huh. Right. Well, now, um, you mentioned the Farm Journal. Uh, uh, Clarence Poe uh, was, uh, his farm was on Newburn Avenue in Raleigh, and I think it was called Long Meadow. I think that was the name of his plantation or ranch or whatever. A person would, it wouldn't be a ranch here, but you know what I'm saying. It uh-huh. was the, the name of it, and I think that was where the Long Meadow Dairy was. And I don't know if he had any connection with that, but he was a, a scholar, and he taught, I think he taught some, and he edited The Progressive Farmer, I believe, uh, the magazine. That's that one, too. Well, it's the that the people. <laughs> well, the people that did it eventually came up with what we now call Southern Living, which is a very popular magazine, right. of course. And so, but he was. Uh, there is a, 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 a building at NC State named for Clarence Poe. In fact, it's the Education okay. Building. And so, uh, if you're ever there walking around the campus, you can you can salute it. And uh, I would love. All right. Unfortunately, my wheelchair probably won't let me go there. Well, I, my cane <laughs> kind of limits me these days, too. I, I mostly hope I don't end up saying I've fallen and can't get up. But, uh, but I've done that several times, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep going as long as you can, okay? I to do so. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Have a good night. You, too. Bye-bye. Hibiscus at the back door, mistaken for marijuana. Headlines in the morning, but uh, milk. Uh, I mentioned earlier that it was a dairy. It was a local dairy. There were several dairies that were local dairies, and eventually they would either go out of business or be taken into larger dairies. There was that consolidation kind of thing that that goes on a lot even in business today. And the Wayne Dairy, about 1950 or 51, opened up... uh, a, a, an ice cream bar, John. The only place you could get ice cream was usually at a soda fountain. And most of the soda fountains, uh, well, for instance, they were usually closed on Sunday. and uh, But they opened up a, a, an ice cream bar, and you could go in, and uh, you like two scoops of, well, I remember my mother and my sister and I would go, and I would get vanilla. Kathy and my sister would get chocolate, and my mother loved buttered pecan. And that was a regular run on Sunday afternoon. And some of those hot Sunday afternoons when you don't have air conditioning, you'd go out for a drive just to stay cool, and you could stop at the Wayne Dairy. And eventually they had their own dairy bar, but eventually I think they were absorbed by Coble. And it seems like to me that Coble Dairy was headquartered in Lexington, but I'm not really sure about that. But uh, someone mentioned earlier Pine State, which was in Raleigh, and some of their buildings remain and are being used for other purposes on what is generally called— uh, Glenwood South in Raleigh, and uh, they were converted into uh, to uh, restaurants and, and things like that uh, there. But that's where the, the Pine State Dairy was. It was founded right after World War II in 1919. <coughs> Excuse. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm all of a sudden, I have to cough. This seems like a good place to take a break. I'd like to hear from you if you want to reminisce, if you're nostalgic about things that have to do with ice cream and milk, etc. News Radio 680 WPTF, Tom Curry on a Wednesday night. And at 5.58 this afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, we've officially, John, got to spring. And so, uh, and uh, according to the formula, now we have to have a full moon after that time. And the full moon that we had last night was before that time. And after that full moon comes, which will be in just about a month, the first Sunday after that is Easter. That's how the 
Uh, I had uh, a Roman, some Roman Catholic priest one night, and Father Kaplan, who was from the Greek Orthodox Church, explained that, that, that formula to me. Tom Kearney here. We're waxing nostalgic tonight. I was, as I said in the beginning, and, and I repeat these things because we have listeners who are just getting out of the mall now or headed home from choir practice or whatever, going to work, and they don't know what we're talking about, so we have to remind them. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, Ed, who's one of my countrymen down in Wayne County now, and I hope I haven't said anything wrong. Have I, Ed? Hey, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing fine, sir. I, have I said anything wrong about Goldsboro, Wayne County? Oh, no, no. no, no. I, 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 I didn't think so. Well, I have to ask you a question, and then I want you to tell me about this farm. Uh, any news <laughs> on the Wil- Any news on the Wilbur's front? On the what? The Wilbur's front. You know, Wilbur's... Oh, the Wilbur's... Uh, they're going to reopen. They said they were going to reopen. I, uh, I read an article today about it. Uh, okay. Kinda looks, it kind of looks like they're... They have to, uh, they're declaring um, uh, Chapter 12, or what is it? It's probably 11 or 13. Chapter 11, I'm sorry. Right, okay. Well, I, was, I was in between both of them. There we well, go. you you were close. <laughs> you were close. <laughs> now, where, yeah. was, where was your farm? Uh, um, I, I grew up in uh, uh, Spring Valley, Wisconsin, which is right off the um, Mississippi River, not too far from the Mississippi It would River. probably be underwater now, huh? <laughs> Uh, it's definitely underwater right now, yeah. without a doubt. But um, yeah, we had uh, we had dairy cows, and we had um, and uh, my father and mother we uh, bought this uh, old farmhouse sitting on the hill, and um, and we had we had electricity, but we had no no running water. We had to use uh, our pumps, and we had to uh, you know use the old uh, jack pump and and. Uh, and we brought our water in. That's what we did. That's uh, we boiled it when we needed something different. But uh, yeah, I remember my dad worked at the um, at the uh, flooring factory in Minnesota, right across the river. And he uh, he made money. I actually we had television in 1955 or something like that. So we're. I mean, to me, I thought I, I didn't realize it, but most people didn't have televisions back then. So. Yeah. Well, it arrived in Eastern North Carolina in nineteen in the December of fifty three is when the first channel came on right? in Greenville. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was about. Yeah, that was. Go ahead. I was going to say that was about average time for for non metropolitan areas, you know. But uh, yeah. like uh, Raleigh got so that his. That was about the right time then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where did you get it from, Milwaukee? Uh, actually, uh, they got it from Minneapolis. Okay, WCC, WCCO or something like that. Uh, yeah, we were a lot. We were a lot closer. We were a lot closer to, the, to that than because we were right, right across the, just up the road was uh, ninety Interstate ninety four. I mean Highway ninety four at that time. Did you ever make any cheese? I, I understand they do that in Wisconsin. Make cheese? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we made cheese. They we had a churn. We had everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I I have. I mean. There were ten in our family. Right. I'm actually the middle one, and I was born in '50. Okay. Okay. Um, my sister was born in '39. Uh, my oldest sister, '39 or '38. What well, brought you to see us in North Carolina? Well, I got stationed here. I was joined the Air Force back in '75. Were you at Seymour Johnson? I got stationed at Seymour. And, so, uh, you liked it so uh, much, yeah, you just yeah. couldn't leave, huh? I was exactly right. I really did. I mean, to me, it was a uh, uh, real blessing for me to get stationed here because uh, 
I'm a golfer too. And, right. And, uh, well, you wouldn't tell by now, but most of the time you can play golf all year round, you know. And if you get anywhere near the coast, you can play all day and all night. And, and you know, a lot of people uh, retire uh, in Goldsboro, as I'm sure you know, because it's not as expensive as a lot of places, and you're close to the beach, and if you like to hunt and fish and play golf, you you got all that, too. And the BX. You got everything. You got everything. And the BX, too, <laughs> yeah. I know yeah, about that. I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, like I said, I'm— I was really blessed to be able to go in the Air Force and stay 26 years, and you know, and just uh, and then the the fine Goldsboro. I mean, like I said, the, like you said, it's a it's a great place to live. And, and I, the, my house, I bought my house for forty eight thousand dollars. Where is your house? And then I have to go. Tell me where your house off is. A, off of Ganey Drive, off of uh, one seventeen. Okay, Ganey Drive, probably north. Of, is it north of Goldsboro? Toward no, Wilson. South of Gold, it's south. It's south of Goldsboro. It's right by the fairgrounds. Okay, I know exactly where you're talking about. You're <laughs> you're down there near Genoa, and uh, uh, yeah, and that's exactly right, Genoa. Yeah, there's a place on the railroad. Uh, uh, I had an aunt who lived out there. She was actually my great aunt. She was my grandfather's sister, and they lived out in the country. And they would take the train to town. You know, it's about what <laughs> six or seven miles, but it was better than walking. I'll say that. <laughs> but they was a little. Well, that was much better. Yeah, it's a little station at Genoa. Well, thank you for joining us. I, it's good to know that you're there. And take care of things in that part of... There used to be a dairy called Hood's Dairy out there on 13, between where you are and um, Grantham, I think. Uh, you know where those and places actually, are. I've actually seen, I've actually seen like, signs in, uh, with Hood's yeah. Dairy on it. I, yeah. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like a, like an antique shop almost. Yeah. Right. It's close to where you live, Uh but uh, anyway, that's a pretty part of Wayne County, uh, that part yeah, of Yeah, I really like it. Near Fa- the, I, I went on uh, the road that where Falling Creek Church is on one time, and I, I'd never Holy been Creek. there. And that's a, really that's, pre- that's a really pretty area. Well, Ed, take care, okay? Take care, Tom. I okay. appreciate it, sir. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. Ed, who came to North Carolina with the Air Force from Wisconsin and stayed. Martha? Yes. You have any memories? Well, um, my dad was originally from a little town in Maryland called Middletown, and uh, one of the best things about Middletown was the Maine's ice cream. Ooh. And we go down there, as he would say, of a Saturday afternoon or evening and uh, get the ice cream and bring it back and sit out on the front porch and have a bowl of ice cream. That was a real treat in those days. Now, tell me, where, what, what is a town that I would recognize near Middletown? Is it Frederick, near, Frederick? Frederick, Maryland. Oh, that's a, ni- that's a nice place to be. That's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But, it really is. But then he went on to go to college. He was one of the very few people to go to college from this little town, and it was um, during the Depression, so he lost all the money he had saved to go to college, but he went anyway, and... Um, he became a dairy microbiologist, and he developed the sweet acidophilus milk. Did he have any connection with NC State then? He was the he was professor of food microbiology at NC State, and he's the one that did the sweet acidophilus milk. Well, that's why I asked it because I thought it originated at NC that's State. That's it. <laughs> you got it. Where did he get his PhD? Uh, Cornell. Cornell. Well, that's good. Dr. Walden, who's on with me here, is a Cornell person, and uh, it's a good, great land-grant institution. 
Well, that's wonderful. I'm. Uh, I, I, I wish. Do you mind saying your last his last name? Uh, Marvin Speck. Speck. Yes. Oh, I, I recognize that name. Well, if you're a microbiologist, that's a good name to have. <laughs> yes, because that's the size of most of the things you look at, isn't it? <laughs> About it. <laughs> Well, I, I worked for them in a non-tenure track situation way back about 40 years ago. I meant, that meant I wasn't going to stay there, but I, I always enjoyed it, and I, I live near the place, so I feel like I'm still a part of it, and it's done wonders for North Carolina for sure. But uh, I'm going to have to run, Martha. Martha is the way they pronounce your name in my hometown. Yeah. You know that, of course. I do. But thank you for joining us tonight. Marvin Speck's daughter called me tonight. I can tell my wife that. Thanks a lot. All right. Okay. Sweet acidophilus, good good stuff for your innards, uh, and developed at NC State University. Well, that's a period of waxing nostalgic tonight, and I'm glad that all these really nice people could join us, and, and it seems like maybe we've made some new friends. 